Hello and welcome to episode two of the Holistic Helper Reconnect. Today we are featuring Jim LaPierre, and I am so excited to bring you this fantastic human being. Jim's going to share about practicing what you preach as a helper or a healer. And he calls this segment the best kind of hypocrites. Jim uses his humor, sincerity, and personal experience to talk to you about important topics like burnout and self-care. I recently was introduced to Jim through a member of my Facebook group, and I'm so glad that we met because Jim and I are doing very similar work into this world. I find it so important to keep finding supportive people, and Jim has really been one of those people for me. As many of you know, I am really big on being the demonstration of the work that we do into this world. I find it really important to be practicing what what we preach. And so I hope that you enjoy this incredible wisdom and expression from Jim LaPierre. And may we all practice more of what we preach. Hello, Holistic Helper. I'm Jim LaPierre. I'm a mental health therapist, addictions counselor, and I help professional healers and helpers overcome past trauma, self-destructive, and self-limiting behavior. Today, I would like to help you reconnect by discussing what I call the best kind of hypocrites. Beverly's provided me with some questions to answer, all in support of you taking good care of yourself while you're out doing great work in the world. Thank you for being here. If you're ready, let's begin. So Bev asked, what's the importance of practicing what you preach? And I say, well, effectiveness is the most important thing to me. I love what I do, and I'm blessed to work in this field. And what I know and came to terms with a long time ago is that all of the people that I serve are incredibly intuitive, very, very instinctual people. And that means that they have the ability to read me like a book. The difference between me and I think a lot of professionals is that I'm comfortable with what they're reading. I like me, but more importantly, I respect me, I allow myself to have limits and boundaries, and all of this are things that I learned much later in life. They're not... Uh, the lessons of my family of origin. They're not how I lived as a young person. They are hard-earned lessons that come from, well, primarily in the process of providing therapy and becoming the person that I want to be because that person opens doors for others. That person has a manageable and sustainable lifestyle. And I think that's really an important point because the nature of our work is that it is a lifestyle. There's something about just being present with others and bearing witness to pain, to transformation, to so many beautiful things uh, that can't help but change a person and affect every part of our lives. 
So the biggest challenges for me of practicing what I preach is that earlier in my career, <clears throat> I didn't value myself the way that I value my clients. To value others and to be good to others has always come very naturally to me. But to value myself is not something that was instilled. It was something that I needed a lot of help with. I needed to engage in a lot of my own healing. And that's really the most determining factor in the effectiveness of a healer is the degree to which we have tended to our own wounds. I think on some level, going into the field, I wanted to believe that if I helped enough people, it would take away my pain. And of course, nothing could be further from the truth. Healing has to be selfish. It has to involve a willingness to explore ourselves, our internalized messages, our inner conflicts. It's an introspective process of learning how to let go and learning how to internalize good things and gradually building faith and confidence in self, gradually building worth. And so there's this part of my brain that lights up when I'm giving my client a piece of advice that perhaps I don't live by or don't live by as well as I'd care to. Early in my career, I would experience a pang of guilt or even shame about that. But today I see it as an opportunity. I take ownership. I will acknowledge to my client that maybe I'm a work in progress in that area as well. In fact, being a work in progress is something that I now see as uh, very liberating, very freeing. I don't need to... Uh, be the master of everything that I preach as long as I'm willing to own my struggles and have a willingness to overcome them, have a willingness to be accountable for them. And really, I seek to be transparent with all those that I serve. So Bev asks about a paradigm shift or a reframe that could help you to better practice what you preach. And I guess the, the simplest way for me to describe this is what I call using the golden rule in reverse. I think most of us know that the golden rule is the idea that we ought to treat others the way that we'd like to be treated. Using the golden rule in reverse means that I have to treat myself with the same respect and the same compassion that I treat others. And my experience in working with healers is those of us who have great empathy for others often lack compassion for ourselves. And I think that's worth exploring. I think it's an important piece. Too often, I find that healers uh, have this incredible awareness of what other people feel and want and need. And the truth is, we've always had that. Whether we consider ourselves empaths or simply people who are highly observant, we intuitively sense what other people want and need, and oftentimes we provide it without even being asked. And secretly, I believe that what we're hoping for is some reciprocity that we didn't have to ask for. We're hoping that people will treat us the way we treat them. But too often, and in the most self-limiting of ways, we deny ourselves the very things that we offer to those we serve. We give away the things that we most yearn to receive. And deep within, there's a voice that asks, when do I get mine? 
Bev asked me to share a story or a time when I noticed that I wasn't practicing what I preach and, and how I course corrected. So I'm going to give you the ultimate answer to that one. Uh, what I say to my clients is that I'm a slow learner with a high pain tolerance. And what that really means is that too often when there's further transformation or a really big change that I need to make in my life, I will often resist it. I will often act as if I'm somehow unaware of what that change is. I am less than honest with myself. And going into my profession, I knew, of course, as we all do, that self-care is vital. Um, but somehow in my mind, I convinced myself that that was something that other people needed, uh, and I did not. I convinced myself that I was stronger or somehow more capable of uh, pushing my limits while treating self-care as though it were something optional or something that I would get to eventually. But the truth is, I never got there. And that resulted in compassion fatigue and vicarious trauma, secondary trauma, and ultimately burnout. And each time that I experienced that, I had this profound sense of shame to discover that I had these limits, that I too was human, and that I needed to make significant changes in my life. But the first few times that I experienced burnout, I didn't really make any substantial changes. I would take a week off from the vacation time or the sick time that I had accrued so much of. And I'd spend a week mostly sleeping and just feeling a little bit bad. And maybe I'd do a couple of fun things, but mostly I would think about how I needed to get better. And the insanity for me was that I would come back from that week's vacation and then I would go back to doing exactly the things that burned me out in the first place. In retrospect, I can see clearly how I resisted change, how I lacked compassion for myself and how disrespectful it was for me to continue to push those limits. The best lessons that I've learned have come from raising children and from being an employer and clinical supervisor. So it occurred to me at some point that I never disrespect the limits of the people that work for me or the people I love. I don't encourage them to constantly strive. I don't ask them to uh, wear themselves out doing too much. I think sometimes we're human doers and not human beings. I, I think we're people who too often attach our worth to our productivity, to how many people we've helped today. And I knew that ultimately that had to change for me. So the changes that I made in my life were substantive, and they included things like blocking time out of my schedule every single week to ensure that I'm not available. And that leads me to Bev's next question, which is, what are three tips that I might recommend for supporting others? <clears throat> so if you um, want to make further gains in your self-care, if you have struggled as I have, or my heart goes out to you if you're continuing to struggle, the three tips or tools that I'd recommend to you are very simple ones, but they're very powerful. The first one is accountability, and the second one is structure, and the third one is rigorous honesty. Because if you're like me, 
you're very good at rationalizing or minimizing or justifying why it's okay to do things that you know aren't healthy. A lot of my colleagues refer to those as beautiful lies. Lies that we tell ourselves, they're purely subconsciously driven, we're not aware of them, and yet they need to change. So introducing accountability into my life is really what made the greatest difference. Left to my own devices, I will disappoint myself. I will let myself down. I will see it as acceptable to disappoint myself. I will not achieve my goals. I will not respect my limits. And so by having people in my life that I feel safe being vulnerable with, by sharing with them what my goals are, what my limits are, and having having them check up on me, having them uh, really just ask me about my progress, I make it a point to share with them uh, everything that scares me. Because the amazing thing about my journey is that my goals and my dreams and all of the things that make me feel most alive also scare me. And what I've learned is that how I cope and respond to fear determines the lion's share of what's possible in my life and in my work. I've had to introduce structure because things like uh, taking time away, pursuing hobbies, exercise, and a lot of other things that are healthy for me will remain good intentions unless they are planned and committed to. And what I notice about healers and helpers is that we readily make commitments to those we serve and to those we love, but we are reluctant to do so with ourselves. And so that's, again, where accountability is the key to everything. I don't want to be the only one monitoring me. I don't want to be the only one assessing how am I doing. So I make sure that I have a lot of uh, powerful people in my life, healers who uh, can read me like a book, and will hold my feet to the fire to ensure that I'm doing everything that I can to take care of myself. So I hope that I get to connect with many of you. I, I want to thank you for being with me today. And if you'd like to connect with me further, there's a number of ways you can do that. The first one is through email. Uh, I love hearing suggestions and questions and making connections. So counseling at roadrunner.com is the easiest way to get in touch with me. Uh, a few other ways that you might try that, uh, one of my online projects is sobernow.com, and I've got a number of other things in the works, including my book, which is published on Amazon. If you'd like to search for it, it's entitled The Best Therapy, A Guide for Wounded Healers. So I'm Jim LaPierre. It's a pleasure to have spent this time with you today. I hope that you'll continue to make investments in yourself, and I want to remind you that the degree to which you take care of yourself will determine your effectiveness as a healer and promote a, a lifestyle that is both manageable, sustainable, and one that makes greater room for joy. And so I wish that for each and every one of you. Thank you. Take care.